How are you guys today? Second service? It's a little warmer outside. Sun's a little higher in the sky. Good stuff. Well, like Pastor Chris said, my name is Ashley Hattinger. I am the Team Life Pastor here at Radiant Life, and I'm really excited to be here today. Can we talk about how it's December 5th, though, like for a second? Do we need just to like have a moment? (laughs) How is it December? I feel like we say that every year, though, right? (laughs) It gets toward the end of the year, and we're like, where did this year go? That always happens, but we are here in December, and being the first Sunday in December, that means that we are starting our Christmas series called Glory and Wonder. Yeah, we're here. It's time. Well, that being said, today, uh, starting in the series, we will be with one of the Christmas passages. So feel free, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 2. Matthew's the first Bible, first, <laughs> it's the first book of the Bible in the New Testament. And second chapter, Matthew 2. So whether that's on your phone, you're scrolling to that, or it's in your Bible, it will also be on the screen as well. We will be there. But let's talk about this Christmas series, because there's so many things to talk about with Christmas, right? But picture with me, if you will, a nativity set, a nativity scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we, it's that like traditional scene, you got baby Jesus in a manger, sometimes there's like hay sticking out of it, and then around him are a bunch of people, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you've seen it on, uh, like, in a front yard. Some, they have, like, blow-up nativities now. Uh, it's been portrayed in movies. Uh, a lot of us, Mike and I, have a personal nativity set that we got as a wedding gift that we can set up every year, kind of setting the scene, right, the Christmas scene. Jesus is born and kind of the scene around him, all that's going on. Well, there are so many moments of glory and wonder in that scene. First, we have Mary and Joseph. We have baby Jesus. We have Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents standing behind him. And each of them have incredible stories in scripture about God showing up to them and angels showing up to them and the true miracle it took to get them standing there together in on this. Then you have the shepherds who an hour before, were out in the fields. It was pitch dark out. They were doing their thing, watching sheep, when a whole host of angels showed up singing glory to Lord in the highest, singing the praise of God, announcing the birth of Jesus. We have the Magi who followed a star across hundreds and probably thousands of miles to make it to that moment. And there are so many other moments that happen within the story, and we are really looking forward to exploring those over the next several weeks. But today, I want to talk about someone that didn't make it there. I want to talk about someone that we don't have, uh, if, you know, if we have an activity set this big, we don't have this character uh, to add to the set. He missed out. And I want to talk about why, why did he miss out? Why did he miss out on the glory and wonder, on the miracle that was happening right before them? And that person we're going to talk about today is King Herod. So starting in Matthew 2, starting in verse 1, you know, often when you read a story, there's a, there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of moments in the action to focus on. 
today, I want to look at King Herod's story specifically. It's one we don't talk about a lot. I mean, he's kind of the bad guy in the story, right? <laughs> he's the antagonist. We, Jesus came. That's the important thing. But it really hasn't sat well with me that, he, that there's someone like him that didn't end up there, and we're, we're going to talk about that. So we'll be starting in verse 1. Let's read. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. <laughs> oh man, we are disturbed a little bit that it's already December, right? When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it, it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream to not go back to herod they returned to their country by another route when herod realized that he had been outwitted by the magi this is verse 16 by the way when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. All right, what a character to focus on in that passage, huh? Let's recap this for a second. There's kind of three big things happening in this story. One... Jesus, the Messiah, the awaited Messiah, was born. So that's the first thing. Jesus was born. It happened. Like the, the one thing in eternity that everyone, everything in eternity, every generation had been waiting to happen, it happened. Number two, they knew where he was. He was in Bethlehem. So Jesus was born. They knew where he was. And the third thing we learn is that unlike everyone else in the Christmas story, Herod didn't go to see Jesus. Isn't that interesting? That's never sat well with me. Jesus was born in the way and in the place that the prophets had said. They literally could look up scripture and decide this location. And the cosmos, the star, also led them to the location. People had been waiting thousands of years for this. And if that wasn't enough, they were so close to Bethlehem. They were so close to Bethlehem. 
If you were to get out your app, like your, your phone app, your Google Maps app, if you will, and even right now you were to search uh, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, you would find that it's less than 10 miles apart. Uh, specifically, if you were to look at, uh, and this is something I, I really typed this this week, if you were to type in the Temple Mount, which is it's the exact same location where it is today, uh, the, the temple was there. So if Herod was at the temple and he wanted to go to Bethlehem, it would only be six miles. So a two-hour walk. We've all done that. <laughs> and we drive cars everywhere. And for us, that's not that big of a deal. Um, okay, so maybe he wasn't at the Temple Mount. Maybe he was at his palace in Jerusalem instead. Well, his palace was even less of a distance. It was less than six miles. It would maybe take an hour, 50 minutes to walk from his palace to the church in the nativity, which is the traditional site. We believe that uh, Jesus was born there uh, today. You can take that today. So not only was he physically close, and that's close, right? Like even some of us who like don't work out, like we'll go on like a walk, right? Like two miles is not that bad. And not only was he physically close, but Herod was Jewish. That meant he was born and raised in all of these prophecies. He was raised with people that were awaiting the Messiah, that knew the scripture, that knew the Messiah was coming to save them. He would have known the prophecies. He would have known the Jewish law, all the Jewish scripture. Um, on top of that, he clearly had the chief priests at his disposal, right? <laughs> it's, it, the text today made it sound like, oh yeah, he just summoned the priests and they came and answered all his questions about the scripture that he wanted to ask. And if that wasn't enough, the man built the temple. So the temple, the temple that was standing then when Jesus was born in Jerusalem, the temple that the ruins are still there today, the southern steps, the Wailing Wall, that temple, the house of worship, the place where Jews go to experience the presence of God, or they did until Jesus came, we'll get to that in a second, he built that. That was his doing. So the man built the temple. So if it wasn't enough that he was so close to Bethlehem and he had this whole pedigree behind him, he built the temple and he still didn't go. So in basically every way possible, Herod was the ideal candidate to be first in line at the birth of Jesus. And he didn't go. So for the rest of the, our time, I really just want to talk kind of through this. Why didn't he go? Is there anything that we can kind of glean from the text? Is there anything, why didn't he go? And from that answer, maybe we can take a moment and look at ourselves and kind of ask, well, what can we learn from there? And that's where we'll be going with the rest of the time. So why didn't he go? Well, Herod had two nicknames. So the first one, not as important to our discussion today, but his first nickname was Herod the Great. And he was given that name because he really did have a lot of power and influence all over the, the Holy Land. Um, so much so, it wasn't just the temple that he built, but he built so many immaculate 
structures and palaces all, all across that. Once again, like their ruins are there today. You can visit them in Israel today. So that was his first nickname, Herod the Great. But listen to his second nickname. His second nickname, which is really actually a title he had, was King of the Jews. Herod had been the king of the Jews, literally. He ruled in Jerusalem and Judea at that point when Jesus was born for approximately 35 years. So that meant Herod had spent several decades with that, with that title, with that nickname. And no one was going to take that title away from him. Uh, in fact, and, and this is historical um, evidence that, that we have people talking about Herod because he had such a reputation. Um, we learn that when Rome first appointed Herod to rule, his first thing he did was he marched into Jerusalem and dethroned the guy that was in power in Jerusalem. And not only that, but he killed three of his sons because he didn't even want his sons to take the title away from him. And his reputation for holding so tightly to this title, King of the Jews, uh, made it all the way, even Caesar Augustus, we have a quote, does that name sound familiar? Caesar Augustus, Luke talks about him. He was the emperor of Rome at the time that Jesus was born. He calls the census, which is a whole, whole other thing there in, in Luke 2, an important piece of the whole story of Jesus being born. But Caesar Augustus, the, the, the ruler of the, the world at the time, said this about Herod. He said, it is better to be his pig than his son. And that was kind of said in jest. And actually, like, in Greek, those words rhyme, so it's, like, super, like, sing-songy and, like, tongue-in-cheek. But the, the idea is uh, he was Jewish, right? So they, they eat kosher. That means no pork. So it is safer to be Herod's pig than his own son. And that isn't just something, it's like kind of funny, but also really awkward because it's absolutely true. <laughs> if you were his son, it was not good for you. So knowing that little piece of um, information, can we go back to our text one more time? Can we go back to Matthew 2 and let's, let's read the first couple verses of this again. And let's Knowing what we know, that he was king of the Jews, let's see if anything else stands out to us. Verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, did you catch that? In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Is anyone else feeling awkward yet? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then here's verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was disturbed. What a good word that is, disturbed. He was disturbed. Well, does that bring some clarity? No wonder he didn't go see Jesus. I don't know about you guys, I'm not necessarily a historian, but one of the things that's kind of true throughout all human history is that anytime there are two kings, it's not good. One of them dies, right? 
There, there's, that's how it works. There can't be two kings of the same place. And that was clearly true for Herod, so much so he had made that choice several times already in his career. There can't be two kings. It didn't matter how close Herod was. It didn't matter that he built the temple. It didn't matter that he was raised Jewish, awaiting the Messiah, just like the rest of them. It, it didn't matter because he would not give up his crown or his title. And that is what Jesus was to him. This, this king, someone's coming to take what he has. Herod was so close to Jesus, and yet so far away at the same time. Truthfully, that 10 miles, that barely 10 miles, more like six miles, might as well have been 100 miles because he wasn't getting anywhere near Bethlehem. So what can we learn from that? What can we learn from this guy that spent his whole life just to the very end, like fighting for his title? Is there anything that, that we can take away from it? And there's kind of two things I, that really kind of stuck with me as I was going through this passage. The first one is, I just think this is a really good reminder. Proximity doesn't equal intimacy. And we know that, right? That's not necessarily a, a spiritual-only truth. How many of you know that it's possible to live in the same house with someone but never actually know them? Or uh, I'm sure some of you, I, I've done it. I've, I've worked a job next to people for years, and I can barely know them, right? I have people in college. I live next to them in the dorm room. I couldn't tell you more than their name and maybe one thing I saw them at one time. It is possible to be close to someone but not have a deep relationship with them. And in that way, I think it's, it's a really good reminder to us that we can be just like Herod if we're not careful, being so close and yet so far in our hearts. So just like being in a garage doesn't make you a car, building the temple didn't make Herod a worshiper. Very similarly, like with us, it's, a, it's such a good reminder that doing, doing Christian things, doing spiritual things, doesn't necessarily equal that we have a relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing. We are just like Herod in that we all have proximity to Jesus. We do too. So Jesus was right up the road for Herod. Um, if you go back to Matthew 1, speaking of nicknames, Jesus is given another nickname. We have Joseph standing there, the angels talking to him, and the angel says, your son He's going to be named Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? We have that proximity. That's why Jesus came in the first place. The, the whole reason he came, the whole reason we do this Christmas season, it's not just some story that we relive or it's not just stuff that we, you know, set up. It's Christmas time, so we set up our Christmas things. It's a reminder that God crossed eternity to be with us from the moment he was born, and then what's his last promise to the disciples before he leaves? He says, I will be with you. We have that proximity that Herod had, and it's a, it's a good reminder to just not take that for granted. Don't settle for proximity when you can have the whole relationship with Jesus and all that entails with it. 
Um, I think of the Magi, when they finally made it to Jesus. Can you just imagine that, that story? We, we did read it today. We didn't focus on it. But they were filled with joy, and they fell on their faces in worship and got to experience Jesus. And that's what we should get to experience ourselves. So Jesus being close, let's go the whole way in our hearts. Let's not settle just for having him close and take that for granted. So that's kind of the first thing. Proximity doesn't equal intimacy. Let's, let's invest. Let's not take for granted our God who is close. And here's a second thought. Being disturbed is an opportunity. So like Herod, we have situations where there's what we want, the life we want, what we're building over here, Here's what we want, and then there's what actually happens, right? And this, this tension in the middle, the not matching up, is that disturbing moment. It's when it doesn't make sense. And we deal with those situations of all kinds of scale all the time. If you have kids, I think a lot of parents in the room can probably give a talk on what it's like to have this in your head. But to get this in any given situation, uh, we, we see this at work, we see, we see this in daily almost in, in all of our lives. When we feel disturbed, we can see it as an opportunity. Herod took the opportunity. And when our plans don't go our way, this, this is the choice that we can have. We have two options. Has anyone ever heard the phrase, like, okay, this is my way or the highway? Has anyone ever heard that phrase? Okay, that's what I'm going with today. So here's, here's the choice that can be made, my way or the highway. So Herod chose my way, right? He chose to be king at all costs, even at whatever, at literally every expense. He chose his way. And we know today, because we can read the scripture, we know that was a really bad decision. So much so that even to just sit with the consequences of his decision, knowing that thousands of people died, not to mention his sons. Uh, yeah, so like during the story, all the people that he had to be killed because he tried to kill Jesus and all the, all the people he had killed to get where he was even in the first place, like it's, it's almost like you almost can't even sit with how much tragedy came out of a man that just fought every step of the way for his way. He literally could have chosen the highway. And by that I mean the six-mile walk to Bethlehem. He literally could have just chosen to go to Jesus, to leave what he wanted and go see what was there. And if he had gone, you know what he would have discovered? He would have got there and discovered a king so worthy the glory and wonder we're talking about, the same king that when the Magi showed up, they fell on the ground, overjoyed, and just on their faces in worship. They would have, he would have found a king so worthy who had come just like the prophet said, just like scripture had said, who had crossed eternity just to be with us. He would have found a king that didn't want his title. He wanted his heart. And here's the irony. What Herod was so afraid to lose and spent decades fighting for, Jesus didn't want it. 
And you know what? When Jesus was finally given a crown, it was 33 years later. And it was a crown of thorns. And it was shoved on his head. And then he was nailed to a cross. And above him read the words, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Herod was so afraid to lose all that he built, and he didn't even understand that in Jesus he would have gotten everything he ever needed. And Jesus even said this. So we have Jesus, we looked forward to Jesus on the cross. We've been spending a lot of time here in the the beginning of Jesus' story on earth when he was born. Here he is at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew 16, 24, when he, this is what he says. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And listen to the irony in this. Whoever would lose his life, or let me do this again. Here's the irony. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this powerful question, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? So Herod was disturbed and had a choice. It was his way or the highway, my way or the highway. And we have the exact same choice. He chose his way. We know that he could have gotten what he wanted all along had he just gone to Bethlehem. And today we have the same choice. We can, we can choose that my way or the highway anytime we feel that disturbing moment of there, this is what we wanted and this is what's happening in reality. We have, we have this choice. We can go through life fighting for control, hurting others, just going after success after success, thing after thing, or we can accept the invitation to go right down the road in our hearts to Jesus. So whether you are here or online today, I I want you to know this first and foremost. God is with us. That's what Christmas is. God with us came. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we remember through this season. God with us came, and he did what he was set out to do so that we can still have that proximity today. I want, I want us all to hear that. Jesus is with us. He's here. And we have this choice. Please don't take the nearness of God for granted. It's here. He's with you. There is so much life and power and gifts. All the wonder and glory of the season is all wrapped up, and it can be ours to live in. So maybe you're here today and you've never chosen that highway. Maybe you're here and you know that kind of throughout life, you've really just kept choosing your way. You feel the tension, you just keep pushing forward for what you wanna see with your life. Maybe that's in big ways, maybe that's in small ways, but the matter is you've never just went that just up the road in your heart to see Jesus for yourself. And today I ask you, would you be willing to try to do that? Would you be willing in your heart to take a moment and ask the question, what if I just went there? What if I gave Jesus a chance? If I just went and saw what he was all about, if I just entertained that in my head, 
Maybe today that's the choice that you need to make. And, and here's what I'll say to that. What's the worst that can happen? And for those of us that have taken that opportunity, that have experienced Jesus in our hearts, that have gone that road, we know, and just like scripture, we've also personally experienced that it's so crazy. When I let go of stuff in my life that I try to control, and instead I choose to go to Jesus in my heart, I get everything I could ever want and more, and it's better. And that's the choice that we can make today. So the final thing I'll say, and we have an opportunity to really do this right now, let's not let this Christmas season go by or this moment in church go by, this proximity to Jesus, this, this story that Jesus is near without responding in our hearts to this story. Let's not just go through the Christmas motions, the stress of the parties and everything, but neglect, like do all the stuff, get so close, but never actually encounter Jesus in this season. We were talking about glory and wonder over the next several weeks, and I thought what better way than to start with the reminder that we have a King of Kings that came to be with us and what's so great, and this is why I invited the worship team to come back up, we sang that song earlier called King of Kings, and I invited them back up to sing it again. And what I love is that that was planned before I even knew what I was preaching on. And the idea is that in this moment, if we could just take five minutes in our hearts, wherever, wherever you're at in this, can we just say, God, we want your way. We want to go in our hearts to you. We want to take that highway. I lay down my way. And this is about you being near. And I am not going to waste this moment, this season, today, and the service, and this Christmas season. And so if everyone would just join me and stand. Let's, let's sing this song together. And don't let this moment pass by without laying that down and going to Jesus in our hearts. And once this is over, I'll come back up and close. Well, Jesus, you are the King of Kings. And we just celebrate at the beginning of this season, just acknowledging that you're with us. And we are so thankful that you are near and that we can know you. We give you all the honor and the glory and we just thank you so much for all that you started by being born and everything that was to come from there. Lord, would you be with us this week as we remember to not take your nearness for granted. I ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, well, thanks, everyone. Thanks, worship team, for helping us be in worship.